Hello and welcome to World of Oil Derivatives, where we break down the latest news and analysis that impacts oil swap market. Uh, my name is Greg Newman, I'm the CEO of Onyx Capital Group, and today I'm joined by Esan Massa, who is the Head of Analytics at Onyx's research product, which is Onyx Insight, uh, focusing mainly on our proprietary data and driving analysis out of that. So thanks very much, Esan, for joining. Thanks for having me. Uh, just a quick reminder before we start, uh, this podcast is available on YouTube as it is filmed, if you prefer to watch it there. So Esan, uh, take it away. What's been happening generally lately? Yes, yeah, so Brent Futures has been super strong in the last few trading sessions. Uh, and it's not really a surprise to me um, after the great liquidation that we saw. Yeah. Like the prices like uh, really fell off the cliff uh, from the highs of like nearly $140. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of uh, trimming from the money manager's length. Uh, but the whole market, right? It was a big liquidation event across the whole market. Uh, yeah, I, th- yeah. I think so. So generally with these things is like somebody starts this sort of movement and then like everybody would join because they don't want to be caught on the wrong side of the uh, price movement, right? Um, But then recently, uh, like the the latest CFTC is showing that like uh, there is a lot of shorts that was put on two weeks ago mm. has been taken off, mm. which means they've like kind of covered their shorts. Yeah, it was very ballsy, wasn't it? The new shorts came in at like 120 per barrel from yeah. the hedge funds. Yeah. That's what the commitment of traders showed. That I was quite surprised to see that. It wasn't just liquidation of longs, it was just people getting short at that level. Yeah. So like they wanted to like win on both sides of things, right? Mm. They just wanted to ride yeah. the ball all the way up to the top. And then when it reached there, they just like got short. <laughs> and and last week we saw like uh, quite a quite a uh, it, it was it was a quite substantial number of barrels that they mm. sh- they, they covered mm. the mm. shorts. Uh, and which has really like um, added uh, strength to the price action, and I mm. and I think this is just the beginning, mm. um, at least for the short term, because mm. there's a lot of length that has been already taken off, and uh, there is a lot more room for these guys to mm. go, get involved. However, there is the other side of the story where the margins uh, are changing. Mm. It is getting more and more difficult uh, for financial players to put on a trade mm. because it's just getting more expensive. Yeah. Um, From a cash flow point of view, yeah. Exactly. And But just back to what you said, you say, yeah, we, we came off and yeah, we've always been saying it's the, the liquidation of speculative, but did you see any evidence as well on the, uh, the hedging side, on sell side hedging of like, producers that added weight to that sell-off? So I think generally uh, there was very little change uh, mm. in the uh, hedging barrels and then the, okay. the data that came out uh, but we saw some uh, trimming from the producers as well mm. uh, both on the long and the short um, and I would I would argue that the shorts now they they just like there's there's no point of hedging at the moment because just general the, de-risk even yeah, for hedges exactly yeah. because mm. the, the trend is is strong yeah you might might as well just just put that uh, put that aside for now and mm-hmm. like wait for this uh, bull run to to have its course yeah. uh, and then we can just like get involved. But like we, we are tracking these uh, like very closely and and I think um, the next few weeks CFTC um, data that is going to come out is just going to um, give us a lot more indication of how the market is positioned. Um, we had um, like gas oil, RBARB. Mm. Um, the data uh, in the in the oil products um, in terms of the long to short ratios been massively skewed to the upside. Yeah. So 
for Arbob, for instance, we are at a long-to-short ratio that we have never seen in the uh, last however many years um, uh, because there is very little short uh, barrels by the money managers. Nobody from the hedge funds, they, they don't want to get short oil products because there's, there's a massive, uh, I mean, the, the fundamental picture is, is, is undeniable very, really, isn't it? very, yeah. very constructive. Uh, but that's what was so surprising about all the influx of shorts, that a lot of confidence in the shorts and crude, I guess, not the products. And there was even an ETF, you know, that tracks short, yeah. gets short oil, and yeah, that yeah. got like a record inflows. There's like yeah, a lot yeah. of brave people out there, but um, yeah, uh, it clearly exactly. worked. And I think they, that's the, they, they basically, so, so what we see, I think, is the SCO that you're, you're referring to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so the, the general trend in the SCO is, is uh, like closely following what happened in the managed by money uh, positioning in the Brent futures. Okay. Um, so so institutional hedge funds yeah. and retail are aligned. Yeah, but I think I think very much so at the moment. Yeah. Uh, but then uh, with the with the most recent changes, uh, I think um, the retail uh, is going to become the retail flow is going to be a, a lot less uh, um, it's going to have a lot less contribution to the price action. Mm. It's going to be the big players. Yeah, that they're going to just like well, because they're the only ones who've got the funding to actually still be participating in this market, right? Exactly. Like, that's one thing I have been. I was saying last week to a couple of people is that yeah, it it seems like a good thing when you restrict you know traders taking too much risk and and that kind of thing. But when you actually put these kind of cash restrictions on traders. It's putting even more hands into the bigger players. And oil's already a market that this huge, huge market, huge volume is controlled disproportionately by a small number of individuals. And that's only going to be exacerbated now. So yeah. it's, it's a great point. And not everyone's going to be able to get what, you know, Trafficker got, you know, essentially a bailout of financing, right? Yeah. You know, an extra 2 billion or whatever it was, 1.2 billion. So that's... That's kind of that's kind of going to dictate price action, as you're as you're saying, yeah, right? I mean, exactly. I mean, like, uh, so I, I dig a bit more in, in, into this to see like how the retail platforms are doing, mm. and like uh, one thing that is for sure is the spread, bid offer spread uh, yeah. for the retail traders has been like uh, like increased uh, what twenty folds or something like at at some point at some during specific time of the mm. day. Mm. Uh, so if it was like two cents bit off a spread or like five cents bit off bit off a spread, it's now I don't know twenty to forty. So it is it is uh, like it is going to become a lot more difficult for the retail traders to get involved mm. um, into uh, into like oil and oil related products because of this bit off a spread. Mm. Uh, and but but then again, uh, you have now less liquidity mm. and high volatility environment and you have players that are uh, that are more susceptible to margin calls and you could see a similar story i'm not saying uh, we are uh, we are we are close to that point yet mm. but if this uh, feedback loop continues mm. that like you constantly have volatility and you want to reduce liquidity mm. Because you don't want to get margin calls, you're just going to get to a point. Exacerbates, exacerbates, exacerbates. It just continue continues yeah. to do that, and then like you might see something like uh, you, you did see in nickel that happened in LME. Yeah. That it's just like need to. Yeah, I mean this isn't this isn't new, is it? I mean even a lot of people are starting to liken it to GameStop. I think what happened in 2020 
is so much more retail participants have come in to the financial market in general. And then oil has been really enthusiastically participated in Firstly, just because of the back of COVID, it seemed yeah. uh, people work from home, wanting to gamble, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Uh, but then it got a lot more serious because of inflation, yeah. right? And it's seen as an inflationary hedge, so it's it's kind of exacerbating um, from that point of view. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, that's the thing. I was I was having a chat with with a couple of my my friends because they they know that like I'm I'm, I'm in the oil industry and yeah. I'm in the financial side of things, and they were like. So like the petrol prices are just going to go up. What do we What do we need to do? Yeah. Like we just need to like pay, uh, and uh, I think generally energy prices contributed a lot to the inflation numbers. Like just this morning, uh, there was the announcement of like yeah, no, of course. So what do you do? You have to try to yeah. I mean, you're more likely to go out as a retailer and, and buy crude exactly. futures, aren't you? Exactly. It's, and you could never do that before, but it's become a big thing. But I guess the point is like when everyone can take more ownership over that. I don't think this financial system as we have it is anywhere prepared for this. It was always an institutional-led market. So only 10 years ago, maybe 15 now I guess, you know, the market was more bilateral or almost 100% bilateral with the banks to trade swaps in particular, but even futures to some extent. Yeah. So then it moves to the exchange, but the exchange is, a, is an organization. It needs cash from everyone yeah. to sustain and, gar- and guarantee on defaults and things like that. So. Like we saw with the LME, it can be broken. They had to suspend all those contracts trading. It was uproar. Uh, I mean, you were mentioning as, as well just before, like um, you know, people complaining about China yeah. and not being able to have a you know Shanghai contract, that kind of thing. I mean, it's yeah. just as bad, if not worse. Yeah. But I think the worrying thing is, is that because there's so many more participants, um, it's exacerbating the problem. There's so many participants that it was really built for institutional yeah. firms that had, you know, good balance sheets and that kind of thing. But there's way more democratization, so a lot more people are involved. How do you govern this when everything's so one way? Yeah. So it's okay when there's balance, but we're talking about a market that no one in their right mind thinks that oil is going to be weak right now, as it stands at least. Yeah. So the exacerbation of of uh, the fundamentals leads to, of course, everyone being long. We got that liquidation event a couple of weeks ago, which was kind of what the market needed to become more orderly. Yeah. But at the same time, it could happen again, like you're saying. And if we do get this huge shock, like of like basically anyone who shorts going to get squeezed. Yeah. How does the financial system cope? I, it basically can't. Yeah. So it's a worrying thing, isn't it? No, exactly. Like, uh, well, like this, this this time it happened, and then mm. like uh, now there is like a lot of like these bigger players coming out and like asking asking for regulators to get in, asking for like uh, new finances yeah. uh, to, to, to just help them sort out the, the margin calls or like uh, getting, getting close to the margin calls. And, yeah. and like it's, it's just a question of like how many times could this happen? So this happened once. It was a, like a very snap sell-off um, and like it's, um, like it's supported now. Mm. Uh, it's, it's gone back up uh, very quickly um, as well. But if we're going to do this again, like in three months' time, as in restrict positioning, or as in like again, all the all the money comes in, mm. supports the flat uh, like flat price or the futures up to a like a new all time highs, and then banks come in, say, and then they're going to liquidate again, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, because like this is this is just a play, and mm. and it makes mm. sense because mm. it is working, right? Mm. Uh, everybody wants to everybody wants to uh, join. Whether it's a bull run or a bear run, they just want to join. And if you're a trader making a lot of money, someone comes along and says you got to you got to cut your position. It makes no sense, right? You're like, well, we're making money. Why would we do that? Exactly. It's a a company issue now. It's a balance sheet issue, and it's all the way to the top. 
So the concerning, or it depends who you are, I think, but you know, for 10 years, we've had an exchange-led oil market. We've had a huge growth in, in volumes because of the democratization of that, as we were just saying before. But this, with, eight, with rising interest rates and with such a need for cash to participate in the oil market, it's worryingly pointing towards bilateral trading again, yeah. i.e. trading with banks. Goldman Sachs, these kind of guys who still participate strongly in oil, but they're going to be so necessary now. And why should they fund trades on the exchange when they're all about trading directly with them and them lending financing? It's... It does look like it, but no, I don't think any old participant outside of the banks wants it to go that way because the visibility and transparency you get with an exchange is just unparalleled and that's why we've been able to grow. But as I say, the system needs to be equipped for it. Uh, That open letter, I don't know if you saw, um, so trade houses and and majors, they wrote a letter basically saying we need to, we need some support here. You can't let the exchange fail basically because we don't want to go back to bilateral (laughs) trading. Um, (laughs) But you know, what does that mean? Who funds that? Like who, like does the government put guarantees on the exchange? Suddenly the, suddenly the exchange is the new banks, the new too big to fail. It's possible. And maybe I would argue that it's probably better suited because it's more, it's a centralized thing. Like everyone participating it at once, but these are crazy times and everyone's looking at it like the price. Yeah. But I think it's kind of that conversation is kind of over now. It's, can it sustain no, an actual market? Yeah, no, I, yeah. absolutely. I, I totally agree with you. I mean, uh, price is one thing, but like there is a structural change going on. Well, this is this is actually what we do with our research, right? I mean, everyone talks about the oil price, but what oil price, right? That Brent futures is a is a contract on the exchange, and it's a benchmark. Yeah. But the benchmark will be broken if it if it if it does what we're talking about, if it can't sustain essentially unlimited buy orders yeah. and no, no liquidity. So oil will still change hands around the world. Yeah. 100, million, 100 million barrels per day of crude and 100 million of products roughly will be traded every single day yeah. and they need to get the price from something. If, it, if Brent Futures breaks, doesn't mean they're not going to trade. Yeah. So people love to say the oil price, the oil price, but like there might not be a benchmark. It doesn't mean there's not an oil price. Yeah. It's just which oil price. So it's kind of like, it'd be interested, interesting to see what people do in the face of unreal volatility. Yeah. If I need to agree with you, an oil transaction, you know, in two months, literally as we're talking, the market's moving up $10. Yeah. But do you know what? Yeah. I, can't, I can't hedge that. I can't go and make the deal with you at... I'm going to buy crude oil uh, minus 25 to Brent Futures. Okay, deal done. Right, hedge the Brent Futures. I can't do that. Yeah. It's too liquid and it's just crazy. Yeah. So we're going to need to say, do you know what? Right, let's just agree like fixed price terms. Let's just agree on a different index. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really like I think the oil market, oil financial market's under threat. Yeah. It's kind of what we're saying, right? No, that's, 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 that's absolutely right. And mm. then, uh, like, like if we zoom out a little bit, like if you look at like some other... Uh, other like financial instruments as well mm. like you look at the indices you look at like metals and you look at uh, like this is this is maybe not just just restricted to oil this is just happening mm. to the global financial mm. market yeah. and um, like I don't know a year ago uh, if we uh, I don't know if I told you that like brand futures has moved like seven percent up or down like every day for the last three days, you would laugh at me because like that would that would yeah, that, that, move, yeah. that wasn't that wasn't possible back mm, then, mm. Um, and like everybody would look at like crypto cryptocurrencies. Like this this was basically why it got so much traction that like 
the, the market moves were big, your losses would be big, but your gains would be... So there'd be the sum winners. Ex- exactly. Like, Dangle uh, a big enough carrot for everyone else wanting to participate and get FOMO. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And, and now, I think, like, now you're, you're getting to a point that, like, financial instruments, big institutional money mm. uh, is, is moving the markets uh, pretty similar to, mm. to how cryptocurrencies yeah. move. Well, I think it's what happens when you have such a long-only market. So I've actually never traded... Well. For 10 years, I've basically been in a bear market, right? And it's and there's a certain nuance as to how that trade trades. We've now flipped into full bull territory, yeah. but everything, like you're saying, but you know, you mentioned Bitcoin. Yeah, that's yeah. always been essentially in a long-term bull market. Yeah. But when everyone's one way, yeah. how does a market behave? Yeah. That's why we love to talk about the classic speculative bubble because yeah. it happens all the time, right? Yeah. People's people's reactions to price action and headlines when everyone is one direction yeah. kind of is quite predictable in a way but it's just it's just every single market but th- this is my point has there been a time before when everything's so correlated in commodities and then and then bitcoin and then other things it's just yeah it's just I, for some reason you don't get the same volatility you get aggressive move down in bear markets yeah. uh, but actually generally speaking over the course of say 5 years you get you get general liquidity, especially in oil, because in bear markets there's storage plays, there's yeah. there's natural buyers and sellers. In bull markets, no one does anything. They just they just buy yeah. and wait for the market to wang around and wait for it to price. Yeah. It's not healthy. Like it's not a yeah. I yeah. mean, what do you even say about that? But <laughs> yeah, go on. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I think that's that's what it, that's what it makes it a lot more susceptible to. To big moves and and a lot of like uh, danger to the and games right yeah I mean I know there's some participants who love to say yeah if 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 a particular moment in time so to give an example yeah oil when it went negative WTI when it went negative it's pretty well known now that essentially that because that was a prompt contract and there was a lack of liquidity yeah. it was essentially a TAS play right buy, buy the settlement contract to flat and sell all the oil during the day I don't think there's anything wrong with that but it just couldn't sustain the sell pressure. Yeah. And so the oil just got absolutely obliterated. That's happening. The opposite's happening. Yeah. Um, so when when you find opportune moments, what we'll see is things like on bank holidays, mm-hmm. when everyone's away in the sun and Bournemouth, whatever they're going to be doing, yeah. <laughs> whatever, having a sunbathe, that's when these things happen. Because mm-hmm. it just takes a few sav- savvy traders to say, liquidity was already bad, yeah. but n- and I know everyone's long, and I don't know, the latest Russia-Ukraine headline was X. Yeah. So now is a great time when no one's in to just go and smack every bid. Yeah, yeah. And then what are you going to do? Because you know, even if you're on holiday, you're going to be like, you're going to panic and say, what's going on? What's going on? Yeah. What's going on? You've got to call everyone back. There's pandemonium. Yeah. When there's pandemonium, everyone just acts like a herd, yeah, yeah. stamp all over each other. And it's yeah. just, it's almost too predictable yeah. for the people in control of that. Yeah. So I think we're going to get loads of that yeah. on the downside as well as the upside. Pro- probably more so on the downside now, I'd say. Yeah. I mean, like, so uh, you're you're absolutely right. Like, um, so so here, uh, just just like what happened in November, right? I think, mm, yeah. I think this is this is like very very like uh, similar to what happened at the end of November. Like everybody mm, was off. Mm, mm. It was um, yeah, getting to Christmas time. Yeah, it was, out the year. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was Thanksgiving, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, it was, it was like a public holiday, holiday around season. there. Holiday season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so so now, and the market was was very long, uh, like. All the all the banks would like they were calling for one fifty, like, yeah, yeah, hundred, hundred and ten, like all these. They'll like, take a lot of credit for it now. They said yeah, that yeah, exactly. <laughs> before they knew there was a war. They, they would, knew there was yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so everybody was saying that the market is very long and like the price is going to go really, really, really higher than than what it was trading then. Mm. And then, like as you said, like the 
somebody started to like really, really use this opportunity to to create a selling wave, and and mm. that really like uh, did the job and like mm. uh, affected the price. It's the price amazing how so people like come up with stories mm. for these movements. Because there's so such a lack of appreciation of the influence of financial market positioning. Mm. It's weird what people say. Like, so the latest one, what was it? Well, the liquidation event, we, you yeah. called it. Yeah, so that, that to me, I mean, is 100% explainable, 92% yeah. explainable yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. by traders having to exit their positions. Every, no one was hiding the fact that they were doing it. Yeah. The statistics were in the open interest. The statistics were in the volume. But you still had some people be like, nah, it's because um, I, this I, headline and that I headline. I'm really surprised because yeah. I've heard it from like a couple of people. Go on. Uh, I've, 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 I've watched it here and there that like uh, people assigning this massive sell-off um, to I don't know new cases of coronavirus right. in China. In China, yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't think like some uh, uh, some headline like that is going to add a forty-five dollars pressure from from all the way from hundred and forty yeah, down to like ninety-five. No. It's, it's just like but, but I guess our point is it's the first domino right mm. so someone liquidates and it's a big enough volume it causes an aggressive price action the first thing you do classic OTC markets as well by the way what's going on what's going on everyone's shouting yeah. to the brokers what's going on it's a great time to start yeah. a rumour <laughs> who's doing this yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so, no, so basically like that, that's what would happen like someone would say what's going on what's going on what's going on then you understand that everyone's positioned the same way everyone's waiting for an explanation yeah. and then someone feeds in just a good enough explanation or, or a reasonable enough explanation yeah. for it to switch something in your mind going, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. that maybe that that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, actually... Yeah. Hand don't miss this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like, it, it is what it is. I mean, that's why you have models. That's why the best traders these days have more systematic approaches because yeah. it is what it is. If, if the volatility gets too much and liquidity is too low and the price movement, you know, you have to trim your position. There's no, there's no point saying this doesn't make sense. Yeah. You're trading a system, not fundamentals. No, absolutely. I will say that until yeah. my dying day, yeah, right? Yeah. And I don't think people will listen to me still. <laughs> yeah. Some some people just believe that because the physical market's trading the way it's trading, mm. that will translate into the paper world. It just doesn't work like that. Mm. It's a system. So the system are made up of participants. How are they reacting? And that is that's what you're doing day to day, right? That's your job on our research to get use our proprietary data to analyze that. Yeah, right? I mean, essentially, like uh, there is there is definitely like some elements of like looking at the fundamental pictures. Obviously, mm. like if you look at like. All the headlines that they come through and everything, and but the the main part, uh, the main difference that we are going to make is mm. is going to be uh, looking at um, data that can back up our um, our theories about like mm. why this move, um, and like what what we did like uh, at the beginning of the Russia Ukraine um, uh, conflict. I think it's a war now. Uh, we can't call it conflict, can we? Um, so it's a war. Is, yeah, go on. Is, is a full-on war. Uh, so, what we looked at was um, we looked at like the east-west differentials. I think that was quite interesting because like all the European benchmarks were like uh, massively supported mm. off the back of this yeah, move. As you'd expect, yeah. Um, and you would see like all these differentials getting like really skewed to to, to one uh, side or the other. And and mm. um, the added value that we had here was. We already knew how the market was positioned. Yeah. Something that like you can't really get from anywhere else. Um, so like uh, for the futures, you do have like CFTC stuff, like telling you how the market is positioned roughly. Mm-hmm. Is is but it's lagged, lagged as well? Is yeah, lagged. Exactly. This yeah. is yeah. from last week. Yeah. Like 
whatever that I can tell you about those positioning is is probably already changed mm-hmm. uh, up to this point that we're talking. But what we have is we, we look at like data, uh, like we have it like from like yesterday, yeah, uh, like how the market was positioned in each contract in each tenant, how the market's reacting, how they're liquidating exactly. or gaining risk, and exactly. which side is the most important thing. Yeah, you can't you can only really get that for. Yeah. Materially for the speculators or the hedge funds yeah. on the CFTC, but we can do it for the aggregated market position. Yeah, I, I, so I, I think one really, really good example there it was the Brenda by differential, mm. uh, but market was like massively short. Uh, like there was like a lot, lots of like sellers. Uh, the levels were elevated. Uh, fundamentally, it made sense. Yeah, it was a good story. Yeah, to sell as well. Mm. Uh, but then, Middle East in the Middle East. Um, sorry, OPEC in the middle of a sustained cut. Exactly. It, obviously, Dubai should be the tighter market relative to Brent. Is yeah, yeah, all made sense. Working into pricing. Exactly. Yeah, and and that's the thing. Like you, you look at it, you're like there's just no way that like OPEC constantly giving out headlines that we're not going to increase production. Yeah. This is just going to how how it's going to be. We're going to stick to the plan. Yeah. And uh, they've they've done it like for six months, and still people expect for them to. Uh, uh, raise their uh, production. Well, they're hoping, I think. Yeah, they're hoping. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's the thing. Like, it it, it made sense mm. to to go short. Uh, but then we had that information, and mm. we had been telling everyone mm. that market is very, very short. It's getting too short. This is, this is getting dangerous. If there, yeah, if there's anything that yeah. happens the other way, it's susceptible. Exactly. Yeah. And mm. then what you saw was the war. Mm. Brent rallied aggressively, and then uh, what you saw was like. All the shorts like they rush to close. So, in the face of new information, you need to judge the market state to be able to see how that new information translates into behavior, because the behavior is going to be based on your current position. Like the liquidation in Brent, exactly. it sold off because everyone was so long and everyone needed to liquidate. If everyone had been short, it yeah. would have gone up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. you need to know how people are positioned. No, exactly. And, and I, the, the thing is, you can get this data, the, the not data, you can get this information from here and there, people talking. People talk, yeah. And like, oh, fuel is very, very short in the mm. East. You don't really have anything to back to that. Verify, yeah. But like, it's just like, oh, two big players are like mm. short. Uh, so I think market is going to be short. Everybody is going to be joining them. But we do have the data. We can actually mm. see how the market is positioned. And make uh, conclusions on that. So you're the man now, Essen, right? This is You're going to lead this. You're going to be the face of this, the voice of this. Yeah. Uh, and absolutely, I think it's, um, it's something the industry is starting to understand through all the shock value, right? GameStop was well known worldwide. Now it's filtering into the commodities, nickel, oil. It's leading the entire market. You have to understand financial nuances. And uh, yeah, no, I really appreciate your input, Essen, as always, and for coming. I know you've got lots to do today. And uh, in general, um, I um, hope to get you on again soon because love your insight and love your data. Absolutely. So thanks a lot. I mean, that mm-hmm. brings us to the end of that episode. So thanks very much for listening, guys. And again, Esan for joining us. And don't forget, you can follow us on social media by searching Flux Liquidity Hub on Instagram and Flux Dash Live on LinkedIn. For now, that's goodbye.